Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. In this episode, I'm going to share with you a time when I befriended a jailhouse informant, right? Snitch, what we call people in here, right? Uh, this was years ago. I was at another institution up in East Tennessee, actually, and I was still in rotation. So this is like in the early 2000s. And when I say I was in rotation, I mean I was still, you know, repping uh, the gang that I was a part of back in the day, right? So. Um, anytime anybody new comes to the compound, I'm always told about it. I get a report on anybody that comes to the compound that's um, shaking it, involved in drugs, affiliated with whatever they were affiliated with. It didn't matter. I would get a report about that. And they would let me know what's up with this individual. So this particular day when I got my report, that morning I got my report, they were telling me about this dude, older dude too, right, that had been locked up for a while that was known around the state as an informant, a snitch, somebody that cooperated with the prison officials, right? So when they were, when everybody was telling me about him, when I, the people that come to me anyway, reporting to me about him, they would let me know don't don't trust him, don't let him around you because all he's going to do is try to get up under you so he can find out what's going on with you and then he'll take that information back to the uh, prison officials, right? Now, I'm listening to him and um, for whatever reason, I don't know, I'm me trying to be slick more than anything probably. Uh, I took it like, okay, I can use this person to my advantage. So when he approached me several weeks later, uh, I let him think that, you know, it was cool. You know, he came over, he wanted to work out with us. And I had already told the guys that I worked out with what I was up to. So they played along with it, right? I worked out with two other individuals. One of them was a Crip and another one was, uh, now both of them actually were Crips. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I was the only uh, gangster disciple that worked out as well, three. So they went along with what I was talking about, what I was trying to do, and made him feel comfortable and welcome, right? Uh, they didn't really like doing it and all this and that, but that's what they did. And anyway, this individual got around us, and he was talking about, you know, different things that he could do for me and them and, and all of that. They went along with it, but they were not interested. I was going along with it because I wanted him to feel like, you know what I'm saying, I was open to you know, his advances, but the whole time my agenda was to get this individual and I was gonna flip him. I was gonna flip him so that he would give the information that I wanted the uh, prison officials to have. That's what he, I wanted him to end up doing, right? But he didn't realize that for a while. So anyway, as I'm getting to know him and he's getting to know me, he's, of course I believe he's lying to me about who he knows, what he can do and all of this and that, right? So I put him to the test. And he actually does come through, you know what I'm saying, on a move, right? It turns out that he was a mule on top of being a snitch. So anyway, he brings the pack in and whatnot, and I'm like, dang, this dude can really put in work right now. What I was wondering, though, is where did he get this pack from? Because he's telling me he got it at visit, right? I didn't go to visit that particular weekend, so I, it was no way for me to verify that he actually did, that, did it that way or not. So I started thinking, well, maybe the uh, internal affairs gave him this so that it would make him look like he was credible that he could take care of the business and, and all of it was a scam, you feel me? But anyway, I took the dope anyway, being slick. I took the dope anyway and did what I needed to do, put it in my, in my brother's hands and then they went and got the money, you know what I'm saying? Took care of the business. So now this dude thinks we have a bond. So I started telling him some things that, you know, about how I'm really just not digging it anymore. I don't really like being a part of this and that. I'm feeding him information that I want him to take back to the administration, you know what I'm saying? All of us a lie, but that's what I'm feeding him, you know? And sure enough, he's taking it back to him because it was certain things they started doing. You know, certain officers would come to me 
and, and talk to me about, you know, how you feeling today, Joe? You, you doing all right? You know, whenever you want to change your life, you know, I'm somebody you can talk to. They were saying things that they normally wouldn't even say to me, right? But it was like they were giving me a gateway out. You know what I mean? And I knew he was taking the information back. So I said, okay, it's phase one. The plan is working. You know what I'm saying? So I continued to get cool with him, and he started to share family stuff with me, you know. So I made up some things about my family to share with him so that he was, you know, feel like, you know, I'm going along with it. I'm falling for his plan, you know. So anyway, uh, as time goes on, man, it was what happened with all of this. It was weird because this dude, uh, he set me down one day, man, and we were talking. We was up on the ball field. This was after the workout. And he told me, he said, Joe, he said, man, I want to tell you something, man. And I'm like, what's up? What's going on? Talk to me. You know what I mean? And he said, man, I know you've heard about me, you know, and I know you know that, I'm a, you know, snitch and all this and that, right? But he said, man, I really appreciate you messing with me, man. And he said, uh, I done told the people, you know what I'm saying, that you, you know, you really don't like doing what you're doing no more. You really trying to get out of this thing right there, right? So I'm sitting there listening to him, and I'm like, wait a minute. This dude is opening up. He's changing the game. Is, it, is this a trick? You know, he's trying to tell me the truth about himself to see what I'm going to do. I'm not understanding what he's doing, right? And then all of a sudden, man, this dude's break down and start crying, you know, not screaming and bawling and yelling, but I see tears coming out of his eye, and I'm like, wait a minute, this dude is good. You know, is he really trying to trick me, or is he sincere? I didn't know what was really going on, right? So he wipes the tears away from his face, and then he's like, man, I'm really tired of this, man. He said, but, you know, this is all I do. You know what I'm saying? This is how I keep people off me. And I, and I said, well, okay, let me ask you a question, man. How long have you been doing this? And he told me about 12 years. He had been doing this about 12 years. He'd been locked up about 18, you know, and I learned that from the conversation that we've been, we'd been having. And I said, dang, I said, why? Why do you do it? Why did you even start doing it? And he said, look, some people come into prison, you know what I'm saying, they join gangs or already in gangs. Some people come into prison selling drugs or whatever, and don't nobody mess with y'all. But somebody like me that's not into all of this whole other kind of stuff, Everybody messes with me. He said, so the only way, he said, I'm not gang material. You feel what I'm saying? And, and any drugs that I do sell, I'm just selling so I can keep getting high myself. He said, so the only way I figured I can protect myself is to align myself, you know, with the administration. I'm like, align yourself with the administration. He's like, yeah, I get them information, they protect me until they can't. And then they'll move me from place to place. But I always know that they got my back. I said, man, come on, you tripping. Them folks ain't got your back, man. They ain't got your back. They use you up, and then they move you around, and everybody in the whole state of Tennessee know that you ain't straight, you know? And when I said that to him, man, I felt weird because I'm like, okay, I just let the cat out the bag. I done let this dude know that I've been playing him. You feel what I'm saying? And long story short, man, you know, after that conversation, I started looking at him differently, right? Because he told me that the reason he does that stuff is because he's scared. And as I started to ponder that, I started to realize, look, man, we all come into this place and survive in the way that we survive. You know, I know people that have come in here that are innocent or guilty, and they become killers just to survive this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I know people that come into this place. Everything that he said was true. People come in here and sell drugs. They sell drugs to keep people off of them. They got their little money, so most people are not going to mess with them. This is back in the day. It's a little different today. You know, these young people up in here, wild is crazy. So anything goes today. But back in the day, if you were a drug dealer, you know what I'm saying, somebody took care of business, you were pretty much, you know, 
somebody that they didn't really mess with because you kept the economy, the prison economy moving, you know what I mean? And if you were a gang member, you know what it is. Ain't nobody gonna mess with you unless a gang war breaks out or you cross somebody or you do something within the gang that you belong to that they don't like. But for the most part, nobody's gonna mess with you. So people come in here to survive in different ways. And that's what I learned out of that. And me and this dude, we actually became cool. We didn't become friends, we became cool, right? Because I started to see him in a different way. Did he stop snitching? No, he did not. You know what I'm saying? But I'll say this, you know, and I look at it now, you know, back in the day, he, he stopped telling stuff on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He stopped leaking information to them about me. But he still told on other people. And it got to the point to where if somebody that I messed with in another gang, no matter, you know, the race or whatever, if they were in some trouble, I could pull him and say, look, man, go tell these folks this and this and that. So you know, you can help this dude out, right? And he would do that, you know what I'm saying? And then I would let them know, I said, look, man, this dude is doing what he gotta do. Use him to your advantage, you feel what I'm saying? Sticking him ain't gonna stop people from snitching in the penitentiary, you feel what I'm saying? Running him to the back is not gonna stop people from snitching in the penitentiary. At the end of the day, this is a game that the administration plays with the population, and if you're gonna play the game, you better play the game to the advantage that you can win it. I recommend that you don't play it, but if you're gonna play it, you better play it to an advantage you can win. Sticking somebody is not gonna do nothing but get you another case. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was telling the guys, right? Don't get it twisted, I don't believe in none of that today. But at the end of the day, me and this dude became friends, and, and, I, and, that was, and, and as I've been thinking about you know, what type of episodes I wanna talk about and what I wanna share with y'all, I, I had to think back, and, and it came to me that this is one of the earlier moments uh, in my incarceration that I started to recognize the humanity in people. I didn't really get it back then like I do now, but that was one of those moments way back in the day that the Most High was trying to get me to understand something about myself and other people, and I missed it. So with that, I want to say to y'all, I want to challenge y'all on something. Think about some things that happened to you back in, in, your, in your life, in the past. Think about some of those things that happened to you in your life that today, when you reflect on the day, were those profound moments, those moments where you were being taught a lesson but you didn't get it. Think back about those lessons and see if you can rewind and, 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 and I'm not gonna say relearn because I don't think that's really what's going on, but think back at some of those situations, the things that have happened in your life and see if you can recognize the lesson, see if you can recognize, you know what I'm saying, the most high's hand in it. And see if you can, and once you do that, ask yourself, what is it that I was supposed to get and how does that apply to my life today? I challenge all of y'all to do that because those moments are there. And that was there for me back then, but I missed it. And I just wanted to share that with y'all and, and, and challenge you on looking over, you know, do an inventory of your life, the things that you've been through, and see if you can recognize God's hand in those situations that you've been through in your life and see what it was that you were supposed to learn out of and see if it applies to your life today. You know what I'm saying? Just something I wanted to throw at y'all real quick this morning. You know what I'm saying? Look here, this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm the crime critic. Peace, y'all. <laughs>